Washington, amen, an anointed woman of God. What an anointed woman. And we encourage you to go out in the vestibule and buy her products for she, she is, and I said this morning at the early service, it is so refreshing when you see those who sing gospel songs are not entertainers, but worshipers. Trust me, the world has enough entertainers. We need some worshipers. And this, this young woman of the Lord is a worshiper. Let's put our hands together. All the way from Selma, Alabama. Amen. Amen. Roll Tide. Where's Deacon Carlos? Amen. Amen. We thank God so much for her and to my good friend and all of my friends from Aiken. We are so touched that you have come here as a congregation to worship with us. God knows I love Bishop Dwight. I just call him Dwight or Alex. We go way, way back. He married my cousin. Amen. All of us got names. You grew up in Arthurtown, Taylor's a little Camden. Nobody knew your real name. Amen. He married Tessa Top. So don't, don't ask me what that means. You explain it, Tessie. Her mom and my mom were not only cousins, but best friends. And I thank God for them. Bible Way, put your hands together for the Bible Way Church of Aiken. Amen. God's going to bless you, man of God. God's taking you a long ways. Amen. He's a great leader. There's a word from the Lord as we remain standing to hear. God's word as we read the text for today. This is the fifth message, the last message in this series of messages we began on the first Sunday in October. October is the month that we usually honor and recognize the significance of praise and worship. And our theme for the month of October, as well as the series of messages that we have been preaching is simply entitled, The Testimony of a Worshipper. The Testimony of a Worshipper. All month, every message we have preached from that iconic psalm, Psalm 23, one of the shortest but yet most powerful of them all. So we have shared to this point four messages from Psalms 23. We encourage you to get the tapes, and we have the handouts for you on Tuesday night. Uh, but just remember that God has a word for you in these six verses of this one psalm. Today is the fifth and final message. Every message, we've not only read the text scripture, but we've gone back to read the psalm from verse 1 to where we are today. And so with that, we invite you to read with us the psalm in its entirety, verses 1 through verse 6. And we are reading from the New International Version. Sounds a little different, but it is the same word. Amen? Hear the reading of God's holy word, Psalms 23, verses 1 through verse 6. The Lord is my shepherd. I like nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Verse 6 is where the subject for today's message is found. Surely, goodness and love, King James says, and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And here is where this subject is taken directly. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
and the church that loves God's word said amen. Reach over and catch someone by the hand. The series is entitled The Testimony of a Worshipper. This is the fifth and final message in this series. Squeeze those hands and look at somebody and say, in the house of the Lord. Amen. That's what we want to talk about in the house. And before you sit down, tell somebody, I'm so glad to see you in the house of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. In the house of the Lord. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord? Listen, throughout this series, we have stated in every message that every genuine worshiper, now I must admit that there are some non-genuine fake worshipers. And the church said amen. amen. But every genuine worshiper who will not worship God for fame or to show off, but because you love the Lord, every genuine worshiper doesn't care about what your outfit is, who you're sitting by. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody right now. Look at somebody say, you're sitting by a worshiper. And so if worshipers get on your nerves, then you need to check your nerves. Because that's what worshipers do. Worship. Every genuine worshiper should have a genuine testimony. I'm talking about a real praise report. <laughs> Not getting happy off somebody else's testimony all the time. But you ought to have your own testimony. A praise report of something that the Lord has done for you that no one else could do. Look at somebody and say, but God. <laughs> Anybody got that kind of praise report that... God did something that family could not do, job could not do, pastor could not do. Only God could have done it. Listen, our testimonies as worshipers should not just be about that, but it includes that, what God has done. But it should also, listen, be about our relationship with God as well as a commitment to God. Listen, my brothers and sisters, every good testimony not only talks about how good God has been to you, but it talks about what kind of relationship you have with God. And it talks about your commitment to God. Because, listen, if it only is about what God does to you you have no commitment to him, then that's your sugar daddy. You're just pimping God. You're just trying to get what you can get out of God. But a great relationship. Am I right about it? I told the church something this morning, uh, Dwight, that, that just came to my mind that if, if you've been involved in any kind of relationship, be it relationship with a significant other or a friendship or something, and the only time somebody calls you is when they need something. Can I preach? Look at somebody and say, what's up with that? Some folk, I have their name on my phone, and when it pops up, I say, uh-oh. I know they need something, okay? Because if it's just one way, if you only call, if you only check on somebody when you need something, amen, that's not a mutual relationship. That is you hustling somebody. But a relationship goes both ways. God gives to you, you give to God. God provides for you, you worship God. You praise God, amen. It involves not only what he has done, but it involves a commitment that you make to God. Listen, David in verse 1, describes his relationship with the Lord. 
David writes in verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. In other words, that's my relationship. Then he says, I shall not want. The New International Version says, I like nothing. In other words, God is my shepherd and everything I need, God provides. In the second message of this series, we went to say that and he leads us in life's righteous pathways for his name's sake. In other words, God looks out for us because we carry his name. How many of you know there's still power in his name? Message number three, David said, And as I walk through life's darkest valley, I will fear no evil. If God is on your side, you don't walk around with fear. God is on your side. You can go to the dangerous places through life and through all the haters and everybody trying to destroy you and trying to ruin your life. And you say, I am not afraid because God is on my side. Anybody so grateful that God has been on your side every step of the way? And then, then in that Fourth message last week said to you that David said, not only uh, do I fear no evil or for his name's sake, or he's my shepherd, but my cup runneth over. Last week we talked about the blessing of the overflow. Ooh, I just need to know a few hands in here who so happy that God didn't only give you what you needed, but he gave you enough that it overflowed, that you cup runneth over and reason your family is blessed is because your cup runneth over i, I told the church sunday that I, I i am not ashamed to confess the fact that the reason i stand here today is because my mama prayed and had me on her mind and took the time to pray for me i thank god for overflow i know some of you think that you're that big and bad and you got it all by yourself but the reason why you are here is because somebody's cup ran over and god said to janie and andrew charles jackson this is the overflow of your blessing Ooh. david said that's my testimony my testimony is that god has been good testimony is that I have a relationship with him. Uh, I have not been consumed because God's mercies uh, are renewed every morning. Anybody know that every morning you wake up, God has for you some new mercies. Don't fool me now, but come on all the worshipers. Just uh, can I preach this morning? Mac told me to take my time to preach. Uh, every day you get up, you are living under the mercy of God. And so I don't care how rough you think your day is or what you think you have been through. God has still been good to you. You owe God a praise. I, I, I don't care what you have been through. Anybody know how to praise God through life's darkest valleys? Anybody can praise God when your ship comes in. Anybody can praise God when things go right in your life. But I'm just wondering if there are any praisers in here that know how to praise your way through a heart situation. Through hardships and trials and trials. Don't fool me now. Anybody ever had to praise God in zigzag? When the enemy comes upon you and takes your stuff and nobody's there to encourage you and you've got to encourage yourself Whew. in the Lord your God tell somebody I've got a testimony in fact you are a testimony you are a test the only thing that separated you and destruction was the grace of God folks that were pastor I, I work hard I went to school I did all of this there are a whole lot of hard working highly educated people that have lost everything they have but what kept you in perfect peace what the grace of God what what allowed you to sleep at night Woo! 
Somebody ought to praise God. Is the grace of God. With all the things you went through, there are people who went through less than what you went through just last month. And they're not here today because they can't handle it. But look at you. You are still praising God up in here. All the things broke, busted, disgusted. Folk get on your last nerve foreclosed, repossessed, and folk think you can't praise God. And through all of that, you know how to stand on your feet and from the depths of your belly, Shabbat. The Lord, your God. Look at somebody say, you owe him a praise. Listen. It would have been a remarkable psalm if David would have ended it just at verse 5. But it would not have been complete. Because verses 1 through 5 is what God did for David. <laughs> and David said, I can't end my testimony without telling you what I am committed to do for the Lord. Now, if God's been good to you, you owe him something. Amen. If, if, if God has brought you from a mighty long ways, you, you owe God something. Uh, there ought to be some kind of sacrifices that you make for the Lord. I know it's not always easy. and Sometimes you've got to press your way. But if God's been good to you, am I in the right place? Tell somebody God has been good to me. And because I have an authentic relationship with God and a genuine testimony, it cannot end without you knowing what I am committed to do to the Lord. Listen, in verse number six, David writes these very personal words. Verse number six, he begins the verse with these words. Surely, talking to God, your goodness and your mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Now, you've got to understand something, that you don't earn mercy. Get me, look at somebody and shake your head and say, yeah, he's talking about you. Uh, I, I know you thank you all of that, but you didn't earn mercy. Mercy is what God gave you in spite of your guilty self. Let me, let me preach to this side of the church. Mercy is what God gave you in spite of all your sinful nature and all the things you have done. And folks say, well, I didn't do anything. Well, you tried to, just didn't have nobody to do it with. And God, somebody ought to say mercy. If God wants to turn on the light in your closet, what gets me is all these sanctimonious, righteous folk that want to send everybody to hell because whatever they struggle with, as if you don't struggle with anything else in your life. Let me get the record straight. We all got demons we deal with every day. I had just a few praisers that know we all have demons. You punch your finger at other folk and you sit there with all your backbiting demons and gossiping demons and nasty attitude demons and can I preach to somebody? Selfish demons and egotistical demons. Amen, somebody. But David says, surely your goodness and your mercy and your love, they have followed me all the days of my life. In other words, Jeremiah says, every morning I get up, you give me new mercies. Not just what I got last week, for went through last week, but God has given you something today that is just for today. And David says, goodness and mercy have been with me all the days of my life. And here is the message for today and I here's David's commitment and God you've been good to me and because you've been good to me I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever listen this is how the message Bible puts it your beauty and love 
chase after me every day of my life. In other words, mercy chases you down and bless you. And David says this in, in the Message Bible, I am back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. Now help me understand something. When, when I go home, I don't act cute. When I go home, I, I just I take my shoes off and, and I put on comfortable stuff. And, and, and you know, I don't even talk fancy or profound. I don't call my wife, will you please step in the kitchen for one brief moment? No, that's trying to put on something. But I say, baby, come here. Look at somebody and say, when you're at home, you're not Pastor Lawson. You are not Elder Wilson. You're not Deacon Nesbitt or Deacon Napper. When you're home, you pig. You Joe Na you you Joe Nesbitt. Am I right about it? Because, <laughs> Amen. You know who you are because you don't have to put on airs. Well, why do folk feel like they got to come to the house of the Lord and act cute? And act all fancy. I know you got your hair doing, got on your best outfit, but this is not a showcase. When you walk into the house of the Lord, you need to leave your ego outside and say, I came to praise God. And if I got to raise my hand, every now and then, when you get home, you act undignified. Am I right about it? Well, you ought to have at least one praise that's not so cute. <laughs> you ought to have at least one praise that, that, that's not about your image. You ought to at least one time, Elder Jeffrey, folk ought to be able to throw their head back and open their mouth and from the depths of your belly. Come on, Zion. Any, any worshipers in here, look at somebody and say, baby, I'm at home. And when I'm at home, I act like I'm at home. And when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, I've got to praise him. Where are my praises? Somebody just jump up one time and say, glory. Y'all are gonna make me preach. Woo. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Something special when you're in the house. And I know in this age that we live in of remote worship and virtual worship, and roll out my bed and cut on my computer in my PJs and drink my coffee and worship. That's all right if you can't get to the house. Mother, can I preach this? But if you with your grown self and your healthy self and your lazy self, if you can get your curly head up... <laughs> I know you would appreciate that, mother. I've changed my vernacular. If you can get your fancy curly head up somewhere and get to work five days a week with your back hurt, your feet hurt, your neck hurt, your knees hurt, but you know how to, I gotta get it to work. I gotta get, why can't you get up out of that bed on Sunday morning and make your way to the house of the Lord because God has been good to you all week. Who wakes you up every morning, put food on your table? Who's protecting your family?
virtual worship is not to make it convenient worship but it is for those who cannot get to worship but if you can get to the house of the Lord David said I was glad when it said unto me let us go into the house of the Lord if you can get to a sacred place that had been dedicated for the Lord. Now, here what folks say. Here's what they would say. Well, I, I church folk get on my nerve. Come on. I saw a football game yesterday, Dwight. Ohio State versus Penn State. Columbus, Ohio. Stadium, 104,000 people. You think they all like each other? You, sometimes you sit by drunks when you go to football games. Am I right about it? reason why I stopped going, Mel, I got tired of folks spitting upon me and all these drunk folks trying to talk. Sometimes when you go to a game, you sit by drunks. Sometimes you sit by liars. Sometimes you sit by cheaters. But you're all there for one purpose, and that is to cheer on your team. So when you come to church, why you expect everybody to be perfect? There's some drunk liars and cheaters up in here, but I didn't come here to worship them. I came here to cheer on. I came here to say, go Jesus, go Jesus. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I don't care who you're sitting by. I don't care how folk act. For the church and not the people that go to the church. But the church consists of the Lord God himself. And it's a trick of the adversary to get in your mind and you staying home because church folk get on your nerve. You don't stop cheering from those Gamecocks because some fans get on your nerve. Amen, somebody. I will bless the Lord. Woo! I will bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord. Come on, Zion. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall always be in my mouth. Let me tell you something. My mom and dad are raised us to go to church. Amen. They, and I don't care. We, the only time we stayed home, we had to be sick. And I don't mean sneezing sick. <laughs> Amen. They made it. I saw elderly people in the church press their way to church. I saw Mother Mazzalee Lord, Mother Abelda English, uh, Mother Simmons even now. When she can come, she presses away. I saw Mother Josephine Anderson. Those folk were sick until they were on their dying bed. And the last time I visited your grandmama Floretta at her house, she was sick on a dying bed. She said to me, Elder Dara, I can't wait to get back to church. And I say, good God almighty, all of these young sedity uppity people are going to be judged by people who didn't have your education, who didn't have your resources, but they knew how to press their way out to the Lord's house and lift their hands and give God their best praise. Tell somebody you owe him a praise in the house. Something happens when you're in the house. Woo! Something happens when you're in the house. Let me leave you with something. First Kings uh, chapter number eight. Ah, Solomon built the temple Woo! that David could not build. Woo! God gave Solomon uh, the ability to build the temple. And when they built the temple, <laughs> they invited the presence of the Lord in the house. And the Bible says, and the glory cloud, and the glory cloud showed up in the temple of God. And the cloud moved throughout the temple. And the spirit was so high that the priest could not even minister. Something happens when you're in the house and the glory cloud shows up. Can I get a witness? And here's what the Bible says. And Solomon blessed every 
body in the assembly. This is what the text says. Everybody from old to young, they were blessed in the assembly. Solomon preached later on, and he said, Lord, where there's war, bring peace. Where there's sickness, bring healing. Where there's division, bring unity. He blessed everybody in the house, but the only way they got the blessing is they had to be in the house. Can I preach to somebody? Look at your neighbor and say, don't miss your blessing. Everybody help me point towards the camera to all our internet viewers. Say, you ought to be here. Because there are some blessings that are reserved for the house. Some anointings that are reserved for the house. Because when two and three get together, touch and agree, declare and agree, when you join hands with somebody else and you touch and agree, come on, I need a demonstration, everybody stand to your feet, join hands, cross the aisles, lock, lock, lock hands, when we get together, camera's here, two or three, look at all these folk, this is more than 2,000, but when two or three get together, Touch and agree. Call on the name of Jesus. Declare his presence is in this place. Something happens when you call on that name in the house. Help me call him G. Come on, Zion. Shake your neighbor's hand like the old folk used to do, Bradley. They used to shake it. Shake it. Something happens in the house when you call his name. What's his name? Somebody can be healed when you call his name. What's his name? Call him. Call him. Call him. I feel the anointing. I see the anointing. Somebody's about to be delivered in the name of Jesus. Leave your seat. Lay hands on three people and say in his name. All in the balcony. In the balcony. Woo! Get ready. Get ready. Get ready, get you a praise partner, and say, neighbor, I hear a war cry. I hear a war cry. We're about to declare war in the house. Something is about to happen in the house, in the house. I hear the war cry. Come on, leave your seat. Meet me at this altar. One more time, I hear it, I hear it all. In the house, 
towards the end of my daddy's life. He was immobile and in a wheelchair. But every now and then, he'll call my brother Rod, uh, my brother-in-law Roy. He said, y'all come take me to the church. Nobody was in the church. We have to roll him in the church. And he'll stay in the church and plead the blood of Jesus. Bless my grandchildren. Bless my family. Bless the church. Every now and then, you ought to come to the house of the Lord and call on the name of Jesus. Here we go one more time. those hands. First Kings chapter 8. Solomon, the leader, proclaimed something. I'm going to do it right now. Close those doors. Usher, stand at their door. Because anything inside this house, I am proclaiming prophetically. Deliverance. I don't do this for sure. I don't do this every Sunday. But every now and then, the Lord leads us to do something in the atmosphere. I am proclaiming prophetically that every family in here will be blessed. Debts will be paid off. Bodies will be healed. Woo! Everybody stretch forth your hand. In the name of Jesus, something is going to happen because God is in the building. Woo! Somebody is going to be delivered. You're going to leave here different than what you came in. Tonight will be your best night's sleep you've had all year long. Tomorrow will be your best day on your job. Somebody is going to be promoted this week. Somebody is going to get a supernatural blessing. God said, because you've made your way to the house, you didn't have to be here. There are all kinds of excuses. We're living in trying times. Less than 20% of Americans go to church. 200 churches close their door every week. 200 churches close their doors every week. Listen. 350,000 churches, places of worship in America. Fewer and fewer people are showing up. They have all kind of excuses. But I'm telling you, something happens in the house. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Now let me leave you with this. You say, Pastor Jackson, did your daddy ever get up out of that wheelchair? 
That wasn't his prayer. Check what he prayed for. He prayed for his five children, their mates, his nieces and nephews, his grandchildren, and I am happy to report on this Sunday morning, all five of his children are in church somewhere. Ooh. What he prayed for ooh, was God, when I'm gone, bless my family, bless this ministry. He would roll down those aisleways and just shake his head. And he would say, son, everybody that comes through these doors, I pray that God bless them. Ooh. And so you're living under the blessings of the folk that have gone on to be with the Lord. But they anointed this place so that when you walk through the door, you will feel his presence. When God is in the building, Pace Sister says, the sin sick are healed. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, when God is in the building, the void he will fill. We're moving by his power and he is sprinkling out his grace. <laughs> I can feel his presence. Can anybody feel his presence? Come on, I can feel his presence right now all over this place. When God is in the building, sin sick or saved. When God is in the building, the dead can be raised. The troubled can leave here troublous. The lame can live here healed. Ooh. When God is in the building, somebody can be filled. Amen. Ooh, lift your hands all over this place. Come on, Sister Francis. Ooh. When God is in the building. Oh, sing your song, Francis. The sin sick are healed. <laughs> when God is in the building, that void he'll fill. He's moving by his power and sprinkling out his grace. I can feel his presence right now all over this place. Lift your hands, everybody, and worship. Ooh, yeah. When God is in Ooh. the building, sing your song. The sin sick are saved. Something happens when God is in the building. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The dead can be raised. And the lame can be healed. And the one that's seeking the Holy Ghost. Today can be filled. Ooh, uh, come on. So I praise you in this For your grace and your love. We thank you for the anointing. Listen, listen, catch someone by the hand. God is so good. On our way to 8 o'clock this morning, my wife and I are coming. We put up in the churchyard. I had been praying just for my family. 
nieces, nephews, all of them. Saw one of my nephews coming across the parking lot on his way to church as only he could be, Roy. <laughs> Skipping and smiling. And I looked at my wife and I said, God is so good. Eight o'clock this morning. I couldn't tell you where he sat. He didn't sing a song. Or read, he did not read a scripture or preach the sermon. But I was just grateful he was in the building. Ooh, because something happens when you're in the building. Don't let the enemy convince you that there's not power in the building. There'll be times in your life that you don't even know why you're still standing. And God said, because you've made a commitment to be in my presence, I'll be with you during the worst time of your life. Anybody know that God can do something in your life? Come on, come on, we want to thank him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He come on. Can you feel him? 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 We feel him. The Lord is here. We feel him in the building. God's doing something right now. We feel right now, right now. He's in this place. We feel him. He's moving, he's moving, he's moving in the building. He's moving, the building. Yes, he's moving. Close those eyes, hold on to those hands. Now we know why David had to conclude his testimony with that last clause in verse number six. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Sometimes you got to press your way out. My heart is touched when I see people in this congregation that have disabilities but still in church every Sunday. To those of you that don't come, you've got to stand in judgment against folk who press their way out although their bodies are racked with pain. Because this is their commitment to the Lord. And here's what God says. It's good to be here, but it's better to, when you're here to take that next step and commit yourself to something greater than yourself. Whew. Some of you, I've seen you week after week. And you're here, and God says you don't have to be perfect, but I just need you to make that commitment that here I am, Lord. I want to be yours. I, 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 I want you to use me and to bless me and to bless my family. At the 8 o'clock service, a mother and her daughter came down to the altar. And she says, Pastor Jackson, I'm ready with my family. I need to be an example to my daughter. Whew. That you need to commit to something greater than yourself. And I'm talking to someone in here right now. God says, you need to be committed to something greater than yourself. That's why we join churches. That's why we make a commitment. That's why we touch and agree together. Because we are committed to something greater than ourselves. Close those eyes after we pray. Someone in here this day, I'll meet you at the altar. <laughs> I'll welcome you, not just in the building, but I'll welcome you into his kingdom. Woo. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We thank you for the conclusion of this series. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that every good testimony is not just about what you've done for us, but it is about our relationship with you as well as our commitment to you. 
And here is our commitment, Lord. As David says, I would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Even when I don't feel like it, Lord, I come to touch and agree. Why? Because when somebody else see me worshiping, they get encouraged. Somebody else see what we're going through and we can still praise you. They are encouraged to keep on going and to make a commitment to you. This is our prayer. This is our commitment. In your son, Jesus the Christ's name, we pray and give thanks. And those who know it is already done, said amen. Amen. Put your arms around somebody say, in the house of the Lord. Ooh, come on. If you want to make that commitment this morning, come on, God's calling you. Come on, just wherever you are. If you're ready to Spirit take the next the step. Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is moving in this place. Come on, somebody else. Can't Ooh, step down right now. Somebody, God's Can't calling you. you feel him I feel him moving. He's moving, He's moving, moving. Somebody right now, God is calling you. Whatever you're going through, yes. if you want to make that commitment, come Lord, on. God is calling you He's right now. He's calling you. He's God bless you. Look at God. Thank you, God. Come on. He's moving. He's moving. Somebody else. God says he's calling you to take the next step. Take the next step right now. Wherever you are, God's calling you. Amen. Clap your hands. Give God a hand of praise for this brother right now. Yeah, God bless you. Look at God. Look at God. Clap your hands for this. Amen. Listen. Do me a favor. Take your seat for just one moment. I want to do this. Amen. Amen.